If y'all could, give our mighty God a hand clap praise. We're reminded every day that our Lord never fails. The world may not understand what we say that and why we say it, but we understand and reminded as we read God's word and as we wake up to our spouses, our family, our friends, our loved ones, we're reminded that God never fails. If you've been a believer long enough, you can track his history of perfection and his history of being a God who loves us. If you go from the Garden of, Garden of Eden all the way through to the Mount of Olives, which we're in today and been in doing the parables, and then you can go over to the Garden of Gethsemane all the way back to a hill called Golgotha. We're reminded that he never fails. Maybe it's even good for some of you every morning to wake up and go back to Genesis 3 and be reminded how we fell short of his glory. How we disobeyed him. How he, he created a beautiful earth for us to dwell in and he gave us these, this authority and he gave us these, this, this, this beautiful image, his image. He said, I make all men and I'm let's make man in our image. So he gave us this beautiful image. He gave us this authority and his kingdom on earth and he, he gave us everything, the water was yielding, I mean the ground was yielding water and everything we need was there and we were naming our animals and everything was good and beautiful and we had peace and shalom with Yah, but then somebody said something different. And since that very voice, we've been fighting every day to deny that very voice that's been trying to draw us away from our Creator. The reason why I say he never fails because Jesus Christ came, which was part of Genesis 3, the Evangelion, when he said, man, there's going to be an offspring that's going to crush the head of the serpent who bewitched you. And that offspring did come. His name was Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach. He came. He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross for our sins. He rose from the grave. Then he met his brothers as he resurrected on the Mount of Olives. He gave them the great commission, which we are still walking in and fulfilling the great commission by our spirit. And then he ascended up to heaven. And then just like any faithful fiance, he said, I'll be coming back for you soon to take you to be with me. Why I am. He never fails. But we know that doubt can come but if he's able to not fail or not, because as we look around every day and we look on our phones and we look at the news, though hell is an end destination, it seems like it's here on earth right now. Through all the killing, the murders, the, the increase of lawlessness on the earth, Man drawn away from wanting to be their own God instead of trusting in the God who created them. And we can become faint of heart. We can become weary in our well-doing. Sometimes even our flesh, and I've had it in my own life where my flesh says that, why do you want to keep believing him? 
You look at your mother-in-law, he can heal her, but he doesn't. Why do you believe in him? Because he never fails. Sister talked about it earlier. It's not about him failing to fulfill our prayers. But it's about him not failing to fulfill his promise. That he will one day save us all. Those who believe and trust in him from all of it. And he will establish a new kingdom and a new heaven and new earth. And his shalom will be back. His hold is not just peace, but everything will be complete and restored. He never fails in that. So I can look at my mother-in-law who has dementia, can't speak and can't move, though she's a woman of God. And I look at her every day as we clean her trach and as we clean her wounds. I look at her every day and she stares at the ceiling. I'm still reminded that my God never fails. So this morning, and I probably say this, well, I really don't say this much, but I won't be for you long. I won't be before you long. I mean it. I'm not going to lie to someone. <laughs> I say this because I don't believe God wants me to be long. Because just like they would do in the biblical days and, or back in those days, um, they would go to the temple and they would just hear the reading of God's word. They would just go just to hear it. And as they would just hear his word, and the Bible talks about those who hear, I mean, they, they receive faith by hearing, faith come by hearing, amen. Hearing by the word of God, and the word of God comes if it's preached. But, so this morning, I want to just read Luke chapter 21. So turn there with me, verses 29 through 38. And I want us to read, and I'm going to expound a little bit, but I want us to really take in this morning a fact. I really want us to be moved this morning with urgency by this fact, by this truth that the kingdom of God is near. So that means the second coming of Yeshua is near. And if we as believers say we are waiting for him, may this bring us joy this morning. So we're going to dive right into it in Luke chapter 21, verses 29. It says... Then he told them a parable. I'm going to pause for a moment. What he's saying is he told them this is Jesus Christ, Yeshua, talking to the crowd which has disciples, which have those who've been following him. It could be the apostles, the 12 disciples, and, and the other disciples, and other people that just spectate, and other people just watching. But this is part of the, what they call the Olivet Discourse, which is just simply just the, 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 the extended teachings of, of Jesus Christ on the Mount of Olives concerning the end times. So then he says to them, he told them a parable. He said, look at the fig tree in all the trees. As soon as they put out leaves, you can see for yourself and recognize that summer is already near. He said, you can look at fig trees, you can look at any tree, and as you see leaves sprouting, you know, like, yo, summer is near. He said, in the same way, 
as you can look at the leaves on a fig tree and all trees and know that summer is already near, in the same way when you see these things happening, recognize that the kingdom of God is near. What things? Well, if you go up to verse 25, 27, in the same chapter, he says, Jesus said, then there will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars, and there will be anguish on the earth among nations, bewildered by the roaring of the sea and the waves, and people will faint from fear, will faint from fear and the expectation of the things that are coming on the world. Because the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Revelations attested this in chapter 6. He said, Then I saw him open this, the sixth seal, and a violent earthquake occurred. The sun turned black like the sackcloth made of hair. And then the entire moon became like blood and the stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its, its unripe figs. When shaken by high wind, the, the sky was split apart like a scroll being rolled up and every mountain and every island was moved from its place. And then the kings of the earth, the nobles, the generals, the rich, the powerful, and every slave and free person hid in the caves among the rocks of the mountains. And they said to the mountains and to the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of the one seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. Because the great day of their wrath has come. And who is able to stand? Isaiah 51 says the same about this earth and heaven passing away. It says, look up to the heavens and look at the earth beneath. For the heavens will vanish like smoke and the earth will wear out like a garment. And its inhabitants will die like gnats. But my salvation will last forever and my righteousness will never be shattered. Second Peter chapter 3 says, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. And on that day the heavens will pass away with a loud noise and the elements will burn. See, remember, he, he said, I'll never flood this place again. That's why we have the rainbow in the sky to remind us of the covenant he made. I will never flood this place again. But he never said he wouldn't. Amen. So it says this. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and on that day the heavens will pass away and with a loud noise, and the elements will burn and be dissolved, and the earth and the works on it will be disclosed. And then I affirm it last with Revelations 21, which is one of my favorite. He said, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And John said, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And the sea was no more. He said, I also saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride, adorned for her husband. And then I heard a loud voice from that throne saying, look, God's dwelling is with humanity and he will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them. And he will be their God and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death will be no more. Grief, crying and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. 
So he said, look at this fig tree. When you see the leaves on it, and it reminds you that the summer is near, let it be the same when you see these things take place. The things I just shared with you in Revelations and 2 Peter. So when you see these things, when things take place with the sun and the moon and with the nations, and when you see certain things taking place with Israel, and when you see certain things taking place, let them be a sign to you that the kingdom of God is near. And in 32, he said, truly, I tell you, this generation, or meaning those during that time, will certainly not pass away or end until all things take place. But heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. His word has sustaining power, and his word won't return to him void. Meaning his word, what he says, what he spoke out of his mouth, Yeshua, his word will not come back empty-handed of not performing what he called and spoke it out to do. Our word will fail us. The world's word may fail us and will fail us. But Yahweh's word, the word that comes from Yeshua, for Yeshua is the living word, will not fail us. You have to see the revelation in it. The word would never fail us because he is the living word. You can sit with that later on and let the Holy Spirit feel you on that and, and speak to you on that. But he said the heavens and earth will pass away. This is true. How does that affect you in this moment if you think about that? The very thing that you wake up every morning to go to your job to invest in will pass away. The very thing you spend all your time to create and establish your empire on this earth or your legacy on this earth will pass away. <laughs> That's like building your house on the ground that they're getting ready to drop a nuclear bomb on. And they say in five days they're going to drop a nuclear bomb in this area, but we're selling this land for $5. You're like, man, that's a steal. Let me, let me spend my five. I need that. And then the nuclear bomb come and drop. It's just as foolish to invest in a world that will pass away versus investing in something that's forever. That's why he say put your treasures in heaven. Because why? Because heaven, the things in heaven, not heaven itself, because even heaven will pass away, but the things in heaven will be forever. And what's those things? Yahweh. All the things that he promised us. So we see in verses 29 through 33, we see this thing of him reminding us like, yo, like things will come. The events, the end days are coming. Matter of fact, when you see, he started even telling Israel, when you start telling the people who crowd, when you start seeing this, 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 this destruction come to Israel in the future, and he talked about these in other scriptures, he said, then you will know that these days are beginning and that the kingdom is near. But then he goes over to 34 and 36, and this is why I see a shift of him moving from the prophetical into the pastoral stance towards the people. And he says this in 34 36, be on your guard so that your minds are not dull from carousing drunkenness and worries of life. So he said, yo, the end is coming. He said, these things will take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. He said, so be on guard. 
so that your minds are not dull from carousing drunkenness and worries of life. Pause, meaning be on guard so your heart are not weighed down and depressed with drunkenness from partying and doing what you want to do, but also from enjoying corruption, but also from the worries of life. I love when Paul tells Timothy, he says, son, he said, do not entangle yourself with the affairs of life, but be a soldier that lives to honor the one who called him to war. He said, be on guard that your hearts, he said, minds here, but the word, the word there, Greek word is cardio, which we get heart. And sometimes in scripture, they make mind and heart being the same thing that they're talking about. So he's talking about your heart. He said, don't let your heart become weighed down. Don't let your heart be depressed because of what you're seeing take place in the world, that it draws you away from God. Or it makes you feel like, I don't want to be part of the church. Or it draws you away and say, I don't want to be called a Christian or be associated with Christians. Or it draws you away and say, I'm just spiritual more than I am connected to a people of God that he died for. That your heart don't become dull, that your desires, because in your heart lies your desires. And where you make your decisions from, he said, don't let them become dull. He said, now concerning that day, an hour no one knows, neither the angels nor even nor the sun. Except the Father alone. Nobody will know when Christ, when the end will be here. Nobody will know. He's making that clear. So I don't care what nobody say in the world like, yo, I, I figured it out. Yahweh told me in a dream. Then he'll be a liar. He said nobody would know. That's why he said in, 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 in 2 Peter 3, he will come like a thief in the night. Nobody would know. Why? Because if I knew a thief was going to come in my house, I had that pistol with them hands waiting for him at that window. Like, you better bring your butt on up in there. He said, but nobody will know. But he is encouraging us and, and, and letting us know how to see or how to be aware or recognize when his coming is near. But we still don't know. And he said, now concerning that day, an hour no one knows, neither the angels of the heaven nor the sun, except the Father alone. And as the days of Noah were, so the coming of the Son of Man will be. For in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah boarded, boarded the ark. And they didn't know until the flood came and swept them all away. This is the way the Son of Man is coming. And he said this in Matthew 24. He said, nobody knows. Nobody knows when Christ will come back. Nobody knows. So when we go back here and he says, be on guard. He's saying, yo, like, the end is coming. You're in the last days. So prepare. Don't let it catch you off guard. And I just got four. I got four points, just four warnings I believe I see here. In this scripture, through the imperatives that I see in here, one, guard your heart. Guard your heart. He said in verse 34, be on guard so that your minds and your hearts are not both carousing, drunkenness, and worries of life. On that day when Christ returns, will come on you unexpectedly like a trap. A trap that's inside you. So you expect to happen. But he's letting us know. So, be, so we won't be trying 
And I'm not talking about the trap house. I'm talking about so we won't be trapped like a bear trapped or won't be caught off guard. He said, be on guard so you will be caught off, off guard. He said, for it will come on all who live on the face of the whole earth. And I love that. He's reminded that nobody's exempt from this event. He said, but be alert at all times. The first one, be on guard. Guard your heart. Guard your mind. One way you can do that is by watching. One of the main things I think about that we can help, and I'm just going to give one, is meditating, watching what we meditate on. To me, meditation is simply just, man, pondering with contemplation, with the possibility of being influenced with the information that you're being influenced or being, uh, that you're, the information that you're seeing or experiencing. So what happens sometimes is that We'll go on social media, we'll go on the news, we'll go on podcasts, and we'll meditate on these things, meaning we'll ponder on what they're saying. And we'll contemplate, what, like, so what should I take in? By this information that we're seeing and hearing, we're contemplating, like, is this true? Is it whatever? I mean, do I need this? Do I need to believe it? God, we're pondering. Sometimes it's the most, most scariest way of doing it is that we do it without consciously trying to filter the information we're getting in. We just ponder on we thinking, don't even know we're pondering on something. Whenever you're consistently taking something in over and over and over again, you're meditating on that. Meditation does mean repeating and going back over again this information that you have. That's what some people say, meditation is good. And some people might sit and say, I'm, you know, I'm God's, I'm God's, I'm God's, I'm yours, I'm God's, I'm God's, I'm his son. I'm, you're meditating because you're taking in the information, hoping that it influence how you live. So imagine if you're doing that, not filtering through God's word, not filtering through the Holy Spirit, and you're just taking in, you're this, you're that. Christians is this, this and that. Church is this and that. The Bible is this and that. And this is all you're taking in on, on the subject. And you're not filtering it, you're not guarding, you're just taking it in, and it begins to affect your desires and your decisions. We have to watch where we meditate. So he said, be on guard, but he also said, number two, he said, stay awake in so many words. He said, be alert. Be alert at all times. Not just on Sundays. Not just doing uh, when y'all meet for community service. I mean community, uh, missional community or, uh, I forget the word of it. What we call them again? City groups. Amen. I'm sorry. I had it all mixed up. I'm a pastor here. I'm like, city groups, we would have been 50,000 different names for them. But as we meet with community, amen. Uh, <laughs> As we meet with community, I'm in, I'm in the spirit. I'm trying to hear the Lord. I can't remember everything man say. Amen. <laughs> so, amen. So, uh, I'm filtering it. See, I'm filtering it. I'm trying to show y'all. But, nah, amen. But, but he's like, be alert. Be awake. You know, the perfect, perfect example I see is when Jesus Christ was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he had the disciples with him. And they noticed on him that something was getting ready to take place. Now imagine, they didn't already heard this. I'm going to die. Man, the, the end is coming. Yada, yada, yada. And then now they're in the garden. They see the one who said this and shared this and prophesied. And now he's feeling the type of way. They can see he's in a place of, man, just, man, just heaviness. And then he, he brings these three with him. And he said, wait here. I'm going forward to pray. And he's praying. He said, watch. And then he goes and pray. And he come back and they sleep. Then he wakes him up. 
yo, can't you not stay awake for a moment? Watch, pay attention. He goes to pray. He does that. He does it three times. He comes back and he eventually just lets them rest. But that can be us in this world. Well, right now, this morning, we're being reminded to stay awake, to pay attention. Man, just don't be moved by what you see. Don't let these, these pains and these birth pains and these, these murders and, these, and this hate and all this, don't let, it, don't let it dull your heart. Don't let it distract you away from the fact that Jesus Christ is coming near and coming soon to take it to end all this. Don't let it distract you, but be alert. Be awake. Don't be caught up in your life. Don't be caught up in your stuff. Don't be caught up in the housewood, the, 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 the women of Atlanta, the housewives of Atlanta. Don't be caught up in all these things, amen. You can watch it. Don't be caught up in it. Every conversation about, girl, did you see that? Did you see that? And the own boys like, yo, did you see the Marvel movie? Like, that's all we talk about. Instead of encouraging one another with God's word, there's no knock to them. Talk, he's talking about being consumed by it to where you're not awake. He says, stay awake. Be alert. Pay attention through prayer, by the Holy Spirit, through reading God's word. Be alert. But he also says, pray for faith to escape. So four, one, as I see, guard your heart, stay awake. Three, pray for faith to escape. He said, be on guard, on your guard, so that your minds, your hearts are not dull from carousing, drunkenness, and words of life. Or that day will come on you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come on all who live on the face of the whole earth. But be alert at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place. And to stand before the Son of Man. So he said, guard your heart. Watch what you're meditating on. Because what you take in is going to affect how you think. How you think is going to affect how you feel. Guard your heart. But he said, stay awake, be alert, pay attention. Oh, pay attention. Use my word, filter everything you're going on, pay attention, watch. Don't just overlook that, pay attention. If you're going to be on social media, pay attention, be alert. But he said, also pray for strength. He said, praying that you have strength to escape all the things. And if you do deep study, it's not just as simple as just strength. Yes, he said, pray to strength that your faith will not fail you. Yes, that can be part of praying for strength. And you have faith in you, believe it, if you got the Holy Spirit. Faith is a, is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, so it's in you. You just got to get out of distraction and keeping you from allowing it to have its way with you and fill you so you can have the faith that you need. But he's not just talking about strength, talking about faith. To withstand when you see it, that you don't drift away, that in the midst of the hardship and persecution is going to come. And I talked about it last week. It's going to be, it's going to be a time where persecution is going to go to an all-time high in here in America. So get ready. Get ready. Get ready when they don't let you post about Jesus no more on TikTok. Get ready when they start taking out when you see you version get shut down. And then now we need to go back to our word. The handwritten word. Get ready when they come in and say, you can't have a church unless you marry X, Y, and Z. Get ready when they say, nah, only about 15 to 20 of y'all meet together for service. Get ready. He said, but they're also talking about pray for strength or pray that you be found worthy. And when he comes back, 
that you can stand before him with your chin up and say, I've been waiting on you. And while everybody else we read earlier are hucking and, and hiding and ducking in the caves and telling them to fall on, you can stand up and say, no, 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 that's my Savior. I've been waiting on this day. I've been waiting on you. I've been waiting on you, Father. I've been waiting on you, Savior. My life's been about exhausting everything I have for your coming so you can let me in and say, well done, good and faithful servant. I've been waiting on you. He said, pray that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. And I know I gave three points, and it seemed like, man, that's the end of it. I said three, four warnings were guard your heart, stay awake, pray for faith to escape. But the fourth one is value your secret place. Where do I get that from? I'm one of those that try to just, okay, God, I see the imperatives, but I believe there's always something hidden you want to show. I see this in 37. It said, during the day, he was teaching in the temple, but in the evening, he would go out and spend the night on what is called the Mount of Olives. Then all the people will come early in the morning to hear him in the temple. To me, that's a great example to add to four. Which we see in the life of Yeshua all the time. Yeshua had a, a he was always, always going to a place of solitude with God. He always went to a, to, to, to a place where it was just him and the Father, a secret place. We say, well, man, I'm a, I know I got these things I got to do and these things that you call me to, to do, but, man, I can't do them if I don't spend time with you. Where is your secret place? Do you have a secret place? Value your secret place. A lot of times we talk about community, community, you need community, you need community, you need community. I've always said you can only be effective in community if you got a dope solitude time with the Lord. Because I can't be good for you in community if I don't have a relationship with Jesus and I spend the time with him. So then I'm coming to community being me. When I need the community, come to community, we're already having corner with him and he's moving through me to you. And we overlook that. In Scripture, and Jesus did it all the time, yet he was fully God and fully man. He was showing us it's important for you to have a secret place. Don't always, every time something goes bad, you run to your friends. I need somebody to hug because now you're depending on your friends and your community more than God. I'm hurt. I'm afraid I'm going to call up my girl. I'm hurt. I'm going to call up my boy. No, go to Jesus. Say, Jesus, why is this happening? I need you to film. I need you. What kid do you know after they bruise their knee or they fall and they hurt themselves, they run to their friends? They run to mommy and daddy. Them friends be like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> do they not? I'm grown and I do it now. <laughs> my wife be like, oh, mama. <laughs> and my mom was like, my wife be like, well, then, now I deal with you tonight too. <laughs> so, Sorry, mama, baby. <laughs> so, but value your secret place. Guard your heart. Stay awake. Pray for faith to escape. And value your secret place. I'm just going to read the whole verse again so we can meditate on it. 
Be on guard so that your minds are not dull from carousing, drunkenness, and worries of life. Again, as I read this, think about Jesus personally telling you this. Even if you've got to close your eyes right now to take it in, like really meditate right now on what you're hearing from God's word. Be on guard. My children, church, ecclesia, so that your minds, your hearts are not dull from carousing, drunkenness, and worries of life, or the day will come on you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come on all who live on the face of the whole earth. But be alert at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. I want to conclude with this scripture and prayer. Matthew 24, 12, 14 says, because lawlessness will multiply. Talking about on the earth, lawlessness. The love of many will grow cold. We see that now. Hearts of parents have grown cold concerning their children. Man has grown, their hearts have grown cold concerning one another. Lawlessness, man makes up their law, they switch it, they change it, whatever. It's lawlessness throughout the land, and it's going to continue to increase. It's not going to stop. So because lawlessness is going to continue to increase, then that means, man, love is going to decrease. Because lawlessness will multiply. He said it will, not maybe it will multiply. The love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. That's why we got to guard our hearts, stay awake, pray for faith to escape and value our secret place. He said this good news of the kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed though in the world. As a testimony to all nations and then the end will come. While we're waiting, like I talked about last week, we're waiting on him. He's being patient. And this week, while we're guarding and we're protecting our hearts and we're staying awake and we're praying for strength and we're valuing our secret place, we need to be at work with the gospel, sharing the gospel, telling people about the kingdom of God that is to come. That in 21 says there'll be no more tears, no more pain, no more hurt, no more this. It's going to be God shalom one day on this earth. It will be over one day. It will end. And we encourage people with that because he said when the gospel of the kingdom is proclaimed throughout the earth, then the end will come. Be diligent as missionaries. Be diligent as indigenous disciple makers. Be diligent. Be urgent. This past week I looked at this and I said, I start texting everybody. That I knew that didn't know Jesus. I love you. X, Y, and Z. He's coming back soon. I just want to let you know. He's coming back soon. Repent right now. Turn from your ways. Yada, yada, yada. Copy, paste. It's that simple. If you're afraid to talk people face to face, text them. Y'all just want to let you know he loves you. Yada, yada, yada. But he's coming back soon. If you don't repent, blah, 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 blah. Like, we have a work to do. And we have every tool that we need to do it. Even if you're afraid, there's no excuse. You can hide behind your text. You do it on social media all the time. We have everything we need 
But we're here for a reason. It's a mission. I was talking to a, a couple talking about getting married yesterday, and we was talking. I said, don't go to marriage thinking this is all about the notebook, and you're going to get what you want out of marriage. I've been married for 15 years. That ain't going to happen. Now, what you think is supposed to happen. I said, put God's mission and his kingdom and his will above your own. And then you'll be like, oh, marriage is everything I thought it was going to be. We have a work to do. Because he said, the gospel will be proclaimed in all the world. And that's encouraging to me. Because I want people to come to know Jesus, do you not? That's our goal here. It's not about you being perfect. Scratch that. I spent 10, 12 years when I first got saved trying to be perfect. Till somebody said, no, there's something called grace. It's like, what? That's what grace is? I'm serious. I grew up in a very knowledge field. We knew, we knew Hebrew. We knew everything. But they didn't teach me about grace. And I was trying to figure it out. And every time I came to church, it was hard. Because I knew yesterday I thought about something crazy, did something crazy. And life following Jesus was miserable. Then when I found grace, I said, oh, okay. I love this thing. Oh, not just favor, because we're talking about favor. But then you tell me about favor when it comes to grace. But then you tell me I can't make it, I can't meet it. But you don't tell me about the divine enablement of grace. To where he comes in and do the work. And then that's when a, a jack, wretched old dude like Lucius begin to say, oh, I can follow Jesus. Let's do this. Okay. Not meaning I want to sin. But knowing that in my imperfection, when I do sin, he still loves me. And he's still going to keep doing the work through me if I keep repenting. Keep repenting and guarding my heart. And staying awake and praying for strength. So I want my dear sister to come up, Caitlin. Dugan, if you could give her a mic. If you could, Caitlin, come to the front. As we think about the gospel still being spreaded, the need to be spread, the spreading of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of the kingdom. Here's a dear sister of ours that's been with Blueprint for years, has been part of the family of Yah for years, the kingdom of Yah for years. She's been on mission for God. She's been in Sudan, and she's going back to Hawaii tomorrow. I'm like, you in Hawaii? That's dope. No, I'm scared to take a plane now. My, my family trying to go. I'm like, I don't want to go. I'm not, I'm not being on a plane that long. That's too long. But she's she been doing the work of the Lord. And I want her to share this morning. Which is what the Lord has called her to, what the Lord has been doing through her. But not only that, but how she's experienced being in a place where she had to guard her heart. Because the enemy wanted to bring dullness. And way down on her heart with depression and different things like that to try to draw her away from the ministry. But by God's grace, she's here and she's still pressing through to do the work of the Lord. So if you could, Caitlin, you could share. And then we also, at the end, give us um, yeah, just some things we could be praying for. Yeah. Check. Appreciate you. you. Okay. Hey, everyone. It's so sweet to be here. It's been many years. I joined this church uh, 2017. Hey, come to me. Um, and I haven't been back really since then due to COVID and everything. But um, when I was in college, uh, God really gripped my heart for those who just have no knowledge of him. 
and um, I've been serving the past two and a half years uh, with a missions organization called YWAM, stands for Youth with a Mission. Um, it's actually the largest missions organization in the world, and I specifically serve on a team um, called In Bible Poverty Now. So it's so special, and I just think so divine. We were talking about um, the word of God will go forth um, into all nations, uh, and then the end will come. Amen. He was just quoting that. And um, the work I get to do is directly related to that. So um, I serve uh, on one team specifically that helps serve um, language groups who actually have scripture in their mother tongue, but it's never been given to them. There's a gap between the translation world and the distribution world. So we help mobilize teams to do that with our partners and things like that. Um, And then earlier this year, I just joined um, our oral Bible translation team. So there's actually still thousands of languages in the world um, that have no form of scripture in them. Um, So, um, yeah, I would say ways that you guys could be praying for me is actually right along with kind of what Pastor Lucius has been uh, sharing with those four points, really, um, with this work and really just being a believer in this world these days, the enemy really just wants to take you out, right? Like, the enemy does not want the light of truth and the gospel to go forth, um, but it's guaranteed it will. Uh, It will go to every nation, tribe, and tongue, um, and then the end will come in Revelation 7, 9. Every language, every nation, every people will be worshiping the Lamb um, in their own language. Um, That's that's our guarantee. That's our promise, you know, and all things will be made right. Um, So, it's hard and it's bittersweet to be here. Um, you know, my church, my community, my friends, my family are here. Um, but it's worth it, right? Like it's worth it to continue persevering, um, because we have his promises. Um, his word will not return void. It will go swiftly through the earth. And so, um, ways that you guys could just pray for me and even my team as, we face crazy things all the time as we're going and traveling and supporting our workers around the world, um, just with logistics, with our health, with our family, sickness. Um, so you could just pray for protection. You know, the, the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion seeking for someone to devour, especially <laughs> if you're a believer. So um, I just pray that the Lord um, would protect us, protect our minds, protect our hearts. Um, And another thing, just that the Lord, the Spirit would lead us as we are making plans and going and connecting us with um, those that the Lord has prepared uh, beforehand to receive his word, uh, to receive his truth. Um, Yeah, because there are, there's so many, um, actually, yeah, hundreds and thousands of people that have still one yet to hear of who even Jesus is. and then even believers uh, that have no access to his word. I mean, can you imagine? That's what really gripped my heart as I stepped into this. It's like the word of God is precious to us, right? Like it is our source of life. It's, yeah, it's our lifeline. And I think we've all experienced that. Um, but there's people in the world who even trust and believe in Jesus, but they have never had the scriptures before. So just pray that um, the Lord would continue to lead us. And um, yeah. Thank you, sis, if you could. Thank you, thank you. If you could, come down to the front. We want to pray for her. Like she said, she's leaving tomorrow, and y'all heard a prayer request. So those, if 
Thanks for worshiping with us. For more information about Blueprint Church, visit us online at blueprintchurch.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Blueprint Church. Have a great week, and we'll see you next Sunday.